the National Broadcasting Company presents Joel McRae in Tales of the Texas Rangers. From Hollywood, another authentic reenactment of a case transcribed from the files of the Texas Rangers. The Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. Texas, more than 260,000 square miles. And 50 men who make up the most famous and oldest law enforcement body in North America. of the Texas Rangers come these stories based on facts. Only names, dates, and places are fictitious for obvious reasons. The events themselves are a matter of record. Case for tonight, open and shut. It is 1.37 a.m. September 9, 1945. John Meston, a wealthy rancher, is awakened by the sound of a speeding car screeching to a stop on the driveway outside his house. Seconds later, he jumps out of bed and reaches for a robe as the downstairs door opens. His daughter, Connie, comes up the stairs screaming hysterically. Connie! Connie, baby! What is it? What's the matter? Oh, Daddy, Bob! Something for your nerves. He, he, he tried to hold himself. Quiet. Father had his gun in the car. It's all over. Operator. Uh, operator, get me Sheriff Sykes. I want to report a murder. Connie Meston was in no condition to be questioned, and Sheriff Sykes had only an incoherent story to follow. He called the Texas Rangers. Ranger Jace Pearson was assigned to the case. He arrived at the Meston Ranch shortly before dawn. Might as well wait here in the library, Ranger. The doctor's still in with the girl. He's had a mighty bad shock. Does he tell you where it happened, Sheriff? Yeah, the old cattle road east of the ranch. I got some men riding out there now. They'll call us as soon as they find the body. That girl isn't going to be able to talk real soon. We better get out with your men. Oh, here's the girl's father. Uh, sorry to keep you waiting, Sheriff. How are you, Mr. Meston? Glad you got here, Ranger. Can we talk to your daughter now, Mr. Meston? Uh, I'm afraid not. Doctor's put her to sleep. Says she must have absolute rest for a few hours. There's no point in our waiting then, Sheriff. We can come back later. I'm sorry, but that would be best. I'll walk out with you. What's the best way to get to that channel road? Drive into town, then round the highway. Be shorter to cut across the ranch on horses. 
You got yours in your trailer. Maybe Mr. Meston will lend me one. Take your pick of the stable chair. Couldn't we drive across the range? No, you've got a ravine to cross and a stream to flood. What time did your daughter get home, Mr. Nesman? Just a minute before I called the sheriff. Little after one thirty. I'd only been in bed about an hour. Locked up about twelve thirty and turned in. Hmm. Is this the car she came home in? Yeah, Bob Brady's car. I heard her drive up, then I heard her crying. Came in and tore up the stairs to my bedroom. I'm afraid it's going to take a long time to get over this. Don't let anybody touch this car until I can get a fingerprint man to go over it. The killer may have left his mark someplace. I'll see if they ain't touched. Well, I'll go get me a horse in the stable, Ranger. How well did your daughter know Brady? Well, they went around together for a spell, but this date last night was the first they'd had in a long time. Uh, Brady worked for me. Doing what? Uh, accountant. Handled all the ranch business. Got an office in one uh, wing of the house. I see. I'll radio for a fingerprint man to come down from our lab while the sheriff's getting his horse. Want me to ride with you for any reason? No. Better do whatever you can to bring your daughter around so we can talk to her. We'll be back later. Sheriff Sykes and I cut across the ranch to the old road. The riders had just found Bob Brady's body. Nothing had been touched. The riders waited while the sheriff and I went over the ground. Standing right beside the car when he was killed. The car tracks are heaviest here where it was parked. Yeah. Brady and the girl have been walking around, though. The prints go over that way and then turn around and come back here to the body. The third set of prints mixed in with theirs. Yeah, must be the killers. Yeah. Came up the road here and stopped beside the car and and walked on again. Heavy powder burns on Brady's coat. He was shot from close up. I only saw the girl for a minute. Couldn't make much out of what she was saying, but I think Brady was killed with his own gun. How come? Carried an automatic in the glove compartment of his car. He toted quite a bit of the ranch's cash on him sometimes. It's funny the killer didn't use his own gun, unless he didn't have one. Well, the girl said Brady tried to get his gun from the car. The fellow took the gun away from Brady and killed him. So I guess he couldn't have had a gun of his own. Mm, doesn't make sense. He was taking a mighty big chance. Staging a holdup if he wasn't armed. Although I guess it was robbery, all right. Brady doesn't seem to have a scent on him. No wallet, no wristwatch, nothing. Yeah, no doubt about the motive. Well, I guess I better have the body moved into town. Deputy can notify Brady's mother. Yeah. I better order an autopsy report. Isn't going to tell us anything we don't know, though. Uh, keep a couple of your riders here. Sure thing, but what do you want them to do? Beat the brush and look for Brady's gun. While they're looking, we can follow this extra set of tracks and see where they lead. I expected to follow the marks of a man who didn't want to be followed. The usual erratic trail a killer leaves when he's trying to throw off pursuit. But this trail led straight as an arrow. Whoever he is, he sure didn't cover his tracks very well. No, unless he's headed for some spot where he knows his trail will be lost. Wait a minute. Oh, oh boy. What is it? 
Trouble may start here. Yeah. Turned off the road into the fields. The ground's worn that way, though. And it's a path that's been used before. Come on. Come on. The grass has been trampled from regular use. Anybody live out here you know of? Nope. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, an old shack about a mile and a half across. Used to be a line house. Owner rented to a Mexican. We better have a talk with him. We can move a little faster, but keep your eye out for those tracks as we go. Get up. We reached the shack and the earth around it were the boot prints of a man. They matched the ones we'd been following. Why'd you come here? What's your name? Uh, Jose Morales, senor. Where were you last night? I, what? I, I, I walked into town. Anybody see you there? Uh, yes, yes, senor. The, the man in the package store. I stopped there to buy a bottle of wine. Uh, there's the bottle on the table. What time did you leave town, Morales? Uh, it was uh, almost midnight, I think. And you walked home, too? Uh, yes, senor, see. Why are you asking me all these questions? Uh, I don't know. It... How long does it take you to walk back here? Mm, hour, maybe more. I don't have a watch, senor. Are you sure you don't have a watch now? Yes, yes I, I never own one. How about a gun? I don't have a gun. How did you come when you came home? Well, I... Uh, no, I, I don't remember, senor. I, I, I just walked... Well, you better remember. You came up the cattle road. We followed your boot tracks. Were you alone all the time? Si, si, alone. You didn't see a car parked on the cattle road? Oh, oh si, si, senor, si. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is man and gold there. They, uh, they will remember that they see me there. What's that? Hold it, Sheriff. Go ahead, Morales. When did they see you? Uh, uh, on the way home, I, I passed by the car. I, I think maybe the car is, uh, broke down. So I took a look inside, but there's nobody there. Uh-huh. But then I walk a little further. I meet a man and girl. I asked them, is something wrong with the car? Go ahead. Well, they told me no. So I just come away. Uh, Senor, if you can find them, they will remember. They can tell you I was there. This man's walking himself right into the electric chair, Jace. Yeah, too easy. You better get dressed, Morales. You're coming with us. But why, Senor? What have I done? You'll find out later. Just get dressed. Let's come to the shack, Sheriff. See if we can find that gun. didn't find the gun or anything else that might have been taken from Brady. And the sheriff's riders drew a blank, too. But we had enough to hold Morales at the jail. We locked him up and went back to the Mastin Ranch. Uh, before you speak to my daughter, gentlemen, I want to ask you to try to take it easy. Uh, in here. Connie, 
It's Sheriff Sykes and the Ranger. Howdy. Miss Connie. Hello. Miss Meston, would you mind telling us just what happened last night? Well, Bob called me, Bob Brady. He wanted to see me. We hadn't seen each other for some time. I thought he worked here at the ranch. Well, he did. I meant we hadn't been out together for a long time. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, he, he picked me up here. And we drove. Then we parked up the old cattle road. Lots of young folks parked there on and off, Ranger. It's sort of a lover's lane. We, we'd been there quite a while talking. See, Bob was going to be married next month to a girl named Mildred Peterson. She's a school teacher, Ranger. I see. Go ahead, Miss Meston. Well, he asked me if I wouldn't change my mind and make up with him. Before he got married and it was too late. Mm-hmm. I, I, I told him we weren't right for each other. He'd be happier with somebody else. And then, well, all of a sudden a man came up to the car. It, it was dark and he had a bandana over his face. Go on. We, he held us up and made us get out of the car. You have a gun? I'm not sure. I was frightened. He, he had something in his hand. He, he took Bob's wallet and his watch and then... And he told us to stay right where we were. Didn't he take anything from you? Well, yes. Yes, he, he took my purse. And then what happened? Well, all of a sudden, Bob made a dash for the car. He, he, he got his gun from the glove compartment, but the man was right after him. They, they fought. The man got the gun away from Bob, and then... And he shot Bob and ran off. Hey, gentlemen, if you don't mind... Just I think another second, it... Mr. Maston. Miss Maston, what were you wearing? Just a plain blue tap at a dress. It's right there on the chair. After that, you took Brady's car and drove back here. And your father called the sheriff, is that right? Yes, sir. Driving back from there, you had to come through town. Why didn't you stop and get to a phone? I was frightened. I couldn't think. I, I wanted to get home. You should be able to understand that, Ranger. After all, the sure. Catch sure, Mr. Maston. Just checking. You said you were in bed and heard your daughter drive up. Is that right? Yes, I, I told you before. I locked up and turned in about 12.30. Finally come home about an hour later. Came in and right up to your bedroom. Is that right? Yes. Why? Just getting the picture. All right, Sheriff. We can go now. Right. Oh, we can find our own way out, Mr. Meston. Miss Connie can come into town and dictate her statement in a day or so. Thank you, Well, Ranger, this looks like a quick one to me. Case against the Mexican Morales is open and shut. I don't know, Sheriff. Somebody's lying. Meston said he locked up and went to bed. His daughter came in and went tearing up to his bedroom. Well, what's wrong with that? How'd she get into the house if Morales took her purse? Her keys would be in her. Well, she might have had her key in the pocket of her dress. Might have. Except for one thing. That dress has no pockets. just a moment, we will continue with Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joe McClay as Ranger Jace Pearson. This month, the National Broadcasting Company celebrates 25 years of bringing you the best radio programs. Seven days a week, you can depend upon NBC for music, drama, comedy, entertainment of every kind, as well as the latest up-to-the-minute news from every corner of the world. 
When you tune where you hear the familiar NBC chimes, you know you're tuned for the finest in radio listening. We continue now with Tales of the Texas Rangers and tonight's case, Open and Shut, an authentic story from the files of the Texas Rangers. I checked on Morales' story as best I could. He had been in town and he had bought a bottle of wine to take home with him the night of the murder. But when I got back to the jail, the sheriff had evidence piling up against the Mexican. Your fingerprint clue dropped off coffee's prints they found on Brady's car. Uh-huh. These prints were found only on the door of the car. Now, compare it with these. Hmm. Yeah, same man, all right. Matching set of the prints I rolled off Morales when we brought him in. He must have done it. Maybe. But I'm not convinced. I'll see you later. Here, where are you going, Ranger? To see Brady's mother and the girl he was going to marry. <laughs> the only boy had left. Two brothers were killed in the war. Please, Mother Brady, we've got to help the Ranger. Oh, I'm sorry, Ranger. It's all right, ma'am. How long had it been since your son had been out with Connie Meston before last night? Six months. I thought it was all over. I thought she'd leave him alone when she knew him and Mildred was going to be married. Did he brood about her much during the time he wasn't seeing her? No. He knew it was dead. She was spoiled. She never really wanted it. Except when she found out she couldn't stand him. Uh, Miss Peterson, yes. you and Brady ever quarrel about Connie Meston? Oh, no. He was over it. He knew what she was. He's a cruel, heartless little cheat. She made his life miserable. Have you got any idea why he called her and asked her to see him that night? Well, Ranger, he didn't call her. She called him. You're sure of that? I heard him answer the phone. He didn't want to go, but she must have been insisting because after a while he said, all right, he'd meet her just once. For the last time. Thanks. Ranger, is it true what we heard? You've got the killer in jail? I wouldn't count on that. Yet. I went back to the jail and questioned Morales again. He was frightened, but his story never moved an inch from what he told us the first time. Then I saw the sheriff. I spoke to district attorney, Jace. He thinks we got enough to take the grand jury for an indictment. Give me one of the mug shots you took of Morales when you brought him in. Sure. Here's a picture. Thanks. I want Connie Meston to look at it and see if she can identify Morales. For she said the man who stuck him up had a bandana over his face. She said a lot of things, Sheriff. Brady struggled with the man who killed him. Morales carried a bottle of wine from town to his shack. We checked that. If he had a struggle with anyone, how come he didn't drop the bottle and break it? Mm-hmm. it seems like it would have broke, don't it? You got a bandana here? Yeah, the one we took from Morales. Why? No, not that one. I want one with a different color and pattern. Maybe one of my deputies ought to get it. I want to see how many lies Connie Meston can tell. I won't be satisfied with the case against Morales until we find Brady's gun and the things that were supposed to be stolen. I went back to the Meston ranch the next morning. Connie Meston was taking Brady's death hard. As hard as a rock. 
She wasn't at the ranch house. She was near the corral, training a jumper to take a fence. All right. Come on, boy, now. Let's go. Come on. you've recovered from your shock. Well, I had to find something to occupy my mind. <sighs> Thought I'd work my horses. Got them ended in the short El Paso next Sunday. It'd be nice if the horse lived that long, the way you use that whip. It happens to be my horse. Now, what do you want, anyway? A little information. We may have the man who killed Brady. Oh, yeah, I heard. The Mexican Morales. News gets around. Here's a picture of him. Is he the man? Well, he could be. He looks like the one. What do you recognize? A scar on his chin? Yeah. Well, no. I mean, no. He, his face was covered. Yeah. I, I almost forgot about that. Is this the bandana you saw? Well, it, it was dark, but it was just like that one. Uh-huh. Well, thanks. Uh, is that all you want to know, Ranger? Yeah, that's all. For now... I saw Connie Neston's father as I was leaving the ranch. He seemed pale and shaky seeing me there. I was certain that Connie Neston was lying all the way. The sheriff dropped a bombshell in my lap when I got back to the jail. He was running for his car when I drove up. Hey, Sheriff! Sheriff, where are you going? Oh, I, I'm glad you got here. I was just heading for Morales' place. You want to come along, I reckon. Why, what's out there? I think we're going to find the gun and the stuff he stole. Look, here. Just got this in the mail. It was posted last night in the Mexican section. The note was printed in Spanish on yellow paper. It said, look in cattle tank near Morales' house. That was all. Reckon Morales trusted a friend who decided to double-cross him? We better get out there. Well, there's no doubt about this case now, Ranger. We find that gun and Morales is headed for the electric chair for sure. Hey, here. Here's something else. What'd you find? The watch. Rating this watch? Good. Well, this is all of it. Come on, let's get out of this water. Sure. Nice haul. The gun, the girl's purse, Brady's wallet, and wristwatch. Right on Morales' doorstep. That's the end of this case. No, it isn't. Oh, now, Jay. Look at these things, Sheriff. Look at the muzzle of this gun. It's clogged solid with dirt, packed tight. Well, always some mud in the bottom of a cattle tank. Yeah, but this is mud. It's packed earth. And it's packed so tight it didn't dissolve in the water. Yeah. Say, that is funny. Sheriff, this gun was buried someplace after it was fired. Buried and then dug up again and thrown into this cattle tank. Say, you're right. Traces of dirt packed into the holes of the wash band, too. And in the wash. Sure. But look at this purse. The purse wasn't buried. Or the same dirt would be jammed in a metal frame. Connie Meston's keys. She had them when she ran home after Brady was shot. 
She brought the purse with her, the plant with her stuff she dug up after she knew Morales was under suspicion. You mean she killed Brady, buried the evidence before she went home to make it look like Robert? Yeah, because the real motive was jealousy. You hold Morales another 24 hours. That'll be long enough to get what we need. Then Connie Meston can take his place. But you've got no proof on her. I'll send that anonymous note through to the handwriting division at our lab. They can get a sample of Connie Meston's writing from horseshoe registration blanks at El Paso for comparison. Yes, but will that help, Ranger? After all, the note is printed, and it's in Spanish. There'll still be similarity in letter formation. Besides, registration blanks usually ask for printed information on breeding and identification. If Connie Meston wrote that note, Lab will know it. It's checked. Connie Meston's printing on registration blanks for the horse show matched the printing on the anonymous note. It was almost enough, but I wanted one more thing. A trace of dirt on something she owned. A trace that would match the dirt that had been packed in the muzzle of Brady's gun when it was buried. I drove out to the Meston ranch and found Connie in the stables. Mind if I come in? Oh, you here again? What do you want this time? I thought you might like to know we found Brady's gun. Anonymous note told us where it was. Cattle tank out of Morales' place. Hmm. You got a good case then. No. Morales didn't put the gun in the tank. How do you know? Because the gun and the other things had been buried. They were dug up again and thrown in the tank. Well, maybe he decided to, to change the hiding place. While we were holding him in jail? No, it's not likely. Morales didn't kill Brady. Do you know who did? Not for sure, but we'll find out. Whoever dug those things up must have carried them in something while they were taking them to the cattle tank. Some dirt was jammed in the muzzle of the gun. We find out what it was carried in, clothing maybe, somebody's pocket. We can match the dirt in our lab. I see. That's very interesting. I thought you'd think so. Well, I guess I'd better be getting back to town. I drove away from the ranch and parked behind some trees that gave me a view of the stable. A minute after I left her, Connie Meston came out, riding like the wind. I unloaded charcoal from the trailer and followed her, always keeping cover between us. She didn't seem to be carrying anything to dispose of, but all of a sudden she came to a stop by a stream. She took the saddlebags and started to shake them out over the water. Oh, oh boy. Oh, boy. All right, charcoal, let's go. Get out, boy. Go! Stay right where you are, Miss Meston. I'll take those saddlebags. Sure. Any log and empty them into a stream? None that I know of. Well, take them then, Ranger, because they're empty. Not as empty as you wish they were. And a few grains of dirt stuck in the seam. That's all we're going to need. Well, you can't make anything out of that. Oh, I got a few other things. That anonymous note in Spanish matched the registration blanks you sent into El Paso. I don't think you'll be showing your horses Sunday. Why, you... Give me that whip. You... I won't be using this again either. Now, get on your horse and ride for the house. I'm taking her in, Mr. Neston. I got an idea you started to suspect she was lying the same time I did. <laughs> She's not lying, Ranger. She, she didn't know nothing about it. I did it. I shot Brady. I'm sorry, but that won't work either. I got her pinned down all the way. Daddy, Daddy, help. 
Oh, give me some money. What kind of a father are you if you can't help me? About... Are you... You hit me. Yes. I should have started 20 years ago before I let you get to be what you are. Maybe I'm not legally guilty, Ranger. But I'm guilty of raising the way I did. Too bad you didn't think of it sooner. All right, Connie. Let's get into town. Connie Meston's trial was spotted with hysterics that failed to convince the court, although she maintained she was innocent in the face of overwhelming evidence against her. Then, as the trial neared a close, she changed her plea to guilty, and in an effort to avoid a death sentence, she confessed. She was sentenced to the women's prison at Huntsville for 50 years. Next week, Joel McRae in another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of The Texas Rangers. Joel McRae is currently seen starring in the Universal International Technicolor production, Cattle Drive. The cast included Tony Barrett, Joan Banks, Francis X. Bushman, Farley Bear, and Debbie Janet. Technical advisor was Captain M.T. Lone Wolf Gonzalez of the Texas Rangers. This story was transcribed and adapted by Joel Murcott, and the program was produced and directed by Stacey Keith. Hal Gipney speaking. It's the Silver Jubilee on NBC. Next, it's the big show with stars including Sophie Tucker, June Valley, Jerry Lester, Ann Sheridan, Morton Downey, and your charming hostess, Talula Bankhead. Then enjoy mirth and music with Phil Harris and Alice Fay. Later, Theater Guild on the Air presents Age of Innocence, co-starring Claudette Colbert and McDonald Carey. And for pictures of your favorite NBC stars, buy the current NBC Silver Jubilee issue of Radio TV Mirror Magazine. Next, it's the big show. All this and Tallulah, too, on NBC. Transcribed. Presenting Joel McRae as Jace Pearson in Tales of the Texas Rangers. of the Texas Rangers, authentic stories from their official files. Texas, more than 260,000 square miles. And 50 men who make up the most famous and oldest law enforcement body in North America. of the Texas Rangers come these stories based on fact. Only names, dates, and places are fictitious for obvious reasons. The events themselves are a matter of record. Case for tonight, clean up. Several years ago, the town of Kilman, Texas, boasted a population of slightly under 3,000 inhabitants. Until a wildcat gusher started a fabulous new oil boom. 
In a matter of months, the population rose to 12,000 as drillers, roughnecks, and other field personnel poured in. And behind them, like vultures, came the horde of racketeers, gamblers, and grifters. But even organized vice was not profitable enough for the boss of the crime syndicate, Frankie Gennaro. Gennaro started to move in on the oil business itself. Sure, Paul is alone, Stetson. Yeah, Frankie. In the shack with the light. What have we been getting from him? Herb's got the figures. Yeah, he's got uh, four wells in production. We've been getting 200 barrels a day. So what's his beef? He's still getting plenty. He choked the wells down. Says he won't pay off anymore. Yeah, we'll see about that. You better come in too, Herb. Yeah, okay, Frankie. Don't knock open it. Hey, what's the idea of busting in here? No idea, Paul. I hear you've had some kind of a misunderstanding with my boys here. There's no misunderstanding, Gennaro. You're just not getting any more oil from my wells. I'm not taking any more threats from you or your tin-horned friends. Watch what you're saying, Paul. I'll say what I want. I'll not only say it to you, I'll say it to the law. Your mouth's got a loose trigger, Paul. Shoots off too easy. Get out. Get out of here before I bend this pipe wrench over your head. Hey, I'm starting to... Uh, let go of me. Grab him, Frankie! Let me go, he's got a knife! Let him have it, let him... Oh. Oh. He clipped me with that wrench. Well, he won't do it again, Stutch. This'll teach the other operators not to get smart. Come on, Herb. Yeah. Let's get out of here. The death of Joe Powell sealed the lips of other frightened oil operators. And they said nothing as Frankie Gennaro continued to exact tribute from the smaller private companies. But Powell's murder aroused special interest of the Texas Rangers. Captain Stinson sent for Ranger Jace Pearson. You know what's been happening in Kilman since the oil boom started, Jace? Yeah, I've heard. I've got Rangers in the town, of course. Good men. But they're too well known. We're being blocked all the way by people who won't talk or who are afraid to talk. I've never worked the Kilman district. I'm not known there. Well, that's why I sent for you. I want Kilman cleaned up, starting with Joe Powell's murder. But a man wearing a badge won't stand a chance. You want me to work without one? That's right, Jace. But not alone. We got a new man just transferred into the company, Steve Clark. You can work together. Good. You better brief me on the Powell murder. Well, all we've got is in the next room. Have a look. Ah, uh, here's some photographs taken at the murder scene. Hmm. Stabbed in the back. A belt and shirt twisted, though. Powell must have put up a fight before he went down. He fought all right. Look at this wrench. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Blood stains and a few matted hairs on it. This the same wrench that was next to the body in the photos? The same one. Powell must have hit somebody with it before he was killed then. It looks that way. That means two or more men ganged up on him. He dropped one with a wrench, and then the other one stabbed him. That's the way I see it. Blood on the wrench been typed? Yeah. Here's a report from the lab at Austin. Typo, huh? Brown hair, Caucasian male. Micrometer measurements are there, too. And that's all we've got, Jace. How about a list of undesirables hanging out in Kilman? Oh, yeah, I got that, too. Here, mostly athletic crooks, gamblers, and muscle men. 
Our boys run a few out and new ones come in. Must be one man at the top, though. Usually is, but which one? A few possibilities on your list here. This one, uh, Stutz Tracy? No, no, he's not big enough to be given the orders. Does he know you by sight? No, I just know a few of these names by reputation and photos. Now, here's another bad one. Herb Enfield. Yeah, heard about him, too. Plenty. Supposed to be a real vinegarone. He's tougher than the back end of a shooting gallery. Yeah, well, he's not smart enough to cover up for himself. The only other possible boss I can see is this one. Frankie Gennaro. Got lots of arrests and a couple of indictments. No convictions. On the surface, his record's clean. He always has an alibi, and it always stands up. Well, I guess I'd better get started. Right. We'll go over to the barracks, and I'll introduce you to Steve Clark. You want to change your clothes, anyhow. Yeah. Well, the first job is to locate key men. Find out who's making the wheels turn. We can put our badges on again and move in with a force. Well, the whole company will be standing by. You better warn the rangers in town not to let on they know me. Well, they've been warned. You'll be treated just like a stranger. You have anything to report, contact me directly. But be careful. And you better leave your car outside the town and just meander in on horses. Cowpokes? Yeah, just a couple of wandering cowpokes. <laughs> Steve Clark. We dressed like a couple of cowpokes and, and parked our car outside of Kilman. It was almost midnight when we rode in. The town was sprawled all over the map, dotted with trailers and crude shacks thrown together from tin and old packing crates. Despite the hour, everything was going full blast. It sure is booming, Jace. Yeah. The hotel down a ways looks especially lively. Bet that isn't legal liquor they're taking on around here. Yeah, I bet there isn't much of anything here that is legal. Bunch of oil trucks coming through. You better get out of the way. Get over, Charco. Come on, boy. Over, boy. Over. over. Seems to me that it's kind of late for them to be hauling oil. Ought to be a daytime operation. Might be a shortage of trucks, Jase. Everything has to be hauled. No pipelines to the refineries yet. You think it might be hot oil? Maybe. We don't know why Joe Powell was killed, but if somebody had been stealing his oil and Powell found out about it, we'd have a pretty good motive. Yeah. But if those trucks are hauling stolen oil, they're being pretty open about it. Oh, oh boy. Listen to that racket. Yeah. Being pretty open about everything around here. Boy, you talk too much. Come on, Clark. Let's get us a room. I want to call the captain and find out about these night-riding trucks. staying at the hotel was cut short by the desk clerk. There wasn't a room available in the town. We hung around for about an hour before we found a rancher who told us we could bunk down in the loft of his barn outside of the town. Cleaning that mess up isn't going to be easy, Jason. Uh, it's going to be even tougher than it looks, Clark. Notice what happened when the sheriff and one of the rangers they know walked in? Yeah, and all the gambling stopped five minutes before they got there and all the liquor disappeared. Whoever's running that place knew they were coming. No wonder our men haven't been able to get any place. We could have stopped that place from operating, Jace. We saw what was going on. That wouldn't do any good to show a badge and shut down one spot. We've got to shut them all. But first, we've got to hook them all together. Yeah, I guess you're right. Hey, look over there. Roadside phone booth by that gas station. Are you still going to call Captain Stinson? Yeah, it's a good spot. Station's closed. I'll take the horses back off the road and wait. Yeah. 
got through to Captain Stinson at his home. But what he had to say about the trucks wasn't encouraging. Yes, Chief, we've had reports on the trucks. They run every night. Have our men ever stopped any of them? Yes, but they seem to be all right, Chief. They have receipts for everything they're carrying. And the trucks are properly licensed. I still can't see why they're running at night. Neither can I, but there's no law against it. Hasn't the commission set a limit on the number of barrels each well can pump in a day? Yes, each well is allowed 300 barrels a day, as long as the present pressure holds. Have the operators been accounting for that much oil each day? Yes, the commission keeps a careful check. Operators report production of 300 a day. The trucking company receipts show haulage of 300 a day. And the figures at the refineries tally, too. It's a three-way check, Jase. I don't see how they could beat it. Well, I'm still convinced that Powell's death has something to do with hot oil. Well, I can't help you there, Jase. It's all in your lap. I'm hoping to match the hair the lab found on that wrench Powell used. But I need a motive to narrow down the field. <laughs> Twelve thousand people in town make a lot of suspects. Well, do the best you can. I will. I'm sending you a list of names. Men we spotted running gambling games and selling liquor at the hotel. We'll have to let them run for a while till we move in with a big broom. We'll raise dust whenever you're ready. For three days, I left Steve Clark wandering around town, spotting the rackets, while I rode through the oil field at night, striking up casual conversations with the pumpers wherever I saw one of the night-riding trucks load up and leave. Howdy. Well, howdy. A little bit off your trail, ain't you, cowpoke? Yeah. <laughs> ah, just riding around, wishing some of this land was mine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we all wishing the same thing. I'm just going to have a donut and a little coffee. You want a cup? Yeah. If your friends on the truck didn't drink it all. Well, fellas, they're always in too much of a hurry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can tie a horse to the derrick there. He'll be all right. Thanks. There you are. Thanks. Yeah, the funny hour for making oil pickups. What makes them haul so late? Oh, I don't know. They always take a full load? Uh huh. Um, hundred barrels a clip. That's a full tank truck. And field storage tanks hold a thousand barrels each, don't they? Uh huh. Uh, want a donut? No thanks. I checked with a few more pumpers, then rode out to the barn where Clark and I were bunking. I woke him up. Oh, morning, Chase. What time is it? Almost six. What'd you find out? Oh, I'm stretched here. Yeah, I've got another flock of names you can send down to the captain. Here you are. Hmm. Yeah. We've got just about every small-time hood staked out. Everything but the head man. Chase, I'm not so sure there is a head man. There's got to be. All the racketeers stick to their own game in their own part of town. They're all protected by the same muscle men. Yeah. So? So they belong to an organization. Otherwise, they'd be fighting among themselves, trying to move in on each other. Yeah. Didn't think of that. Dipping a finger in the oil business here, too. I'd swear to it. And that's big. We find the man on top of that, we'll have the kingpin of the entire operation. Well, I'll keep looking around, Chase. No. No, let the town go for a while. From now on, we'll concentrate on the wells. When we get the man responsible for killing Powell, the whole thing will tumble like a house of cards. You are listening to Tales of the Texas Rangers, 
starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. Beginning one week from tomorrow, that's Sunday, October 8th, Tales of the Texas Rangers will be heard at a new time. Remember, our next show is Sunday, October 8th, one week from tomorrow. Now we continue with tonight's case, Clean Up, an authentic story from the files of the Texas Rangers. We staked ourselves out at Powell's Wells. For two days, we kept check around the clock on every load of oil that was hauled away, watching from a distance. It was a dead-end watch. Yeah, it checks out, Chase. Four wells, 300 barrels each per day, 1,200 barrel total. And that's what they've hauled away. Yeah, but since we've been here, nothing's been hauled from Powell's Wells at night. Yeah, you're going to keep watching them? Just for tonight, so we can measure the flow from the wells. You can keep the pumper busy for a while at 9 o'clock while I run a tape gauge into the storage tank. You'll have to check them again later. Yeah, I'll wander up and keep the pumper busy around 3 a.m. Then you can make the second check. We compare our figures and we'll know if those wells are really choked for 300 barrels each or if they're pumping more in the legal quota. Okay, Jase. Let's hope it works. We made the check. We didn't have to do much figuring. The wells were on the nose. 300 barrels a day each, not a drop more. Well, that's it, Chase. And the refinery reports show that it's all going through. There's no hot oil to be accounted for. Well, it was a thought. Let's get the horses and turn in. Yeah. Guess Paul just happened to brush somebody the wrong way. Yeah. That oil angle would have helped plenty. Too bad. Hey, wait a minute. Hmm? There's a car coming. Hey, yeah. He's turning up the road toward that rigging over there. Rigging isn't lit. Nobody's working there. It was a dry hole. Get low. Yeah. His lights will sweep this way when he turns. Hey, stopped at the dry hole, all right. Yeah. And look. Powell's pumper's walking across the field to meet him. Yeah, they're going up to the knowledge house on the rig. It's a funny place to be holding a meeting at this time of night. It's a cinch they don't want to be seen. That pumper knows more than he told us. Come on. What's the plan, Jase? Maybe we can slip under the platform of the rigging without them seeing us. If we can get under the knowledge house, we may learn a few things through the floorboards. We crept through the muddy channel that drained into the slush pit and got under the knowledge house. We were hidden, but we could hear them. Brooks will start making pickups again tomorrow night. Here? Why not? Unless you think you're going to have a check. I can't do it. You know Powell changed the choke before... Before the... Before his accident? Yeah. All right, sir. How can I give you any oil? Wells are only pumping regular quarters. Have the chokes changed again. So they pump a little extra. I can't. Not without Miss Powell's okay. I'm working for her now. Maybe you didn't hear me. I said change the choke. Oh, I'm afraid, Studs. Must be Studs Tracy, Jason. Yeah. Well, don't look at me like that, Studs. Oh, I'm on the spot. Listen, you, we've got the operators in this field lined up. We don't intend to have any trouble with a wise guy. No, 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 wait a minute. Stop, wait a minute. Just to make you think. That's only a sample. Maybe you'd like what Paul got. Oh, don't talk like that, Stutz. I'll do what you say. Just, just tell me what you want me to do. I've already told you. The trucks will roll tomorrow night. Yeah. Don't disappoint me. 
Don't forget. Yeah. Tomorrow. He knows what happened to Paul, Jace. Let's grab him. No, no, stay down. He's not the head man. But I wonder why we haven't been seeing him around. Wish I could have gotten a look at his face. His voice sounded familiar. Yeah, you've seen mugshots of him in the photos we have. Hey, a fellow with the broken nose. That's right. Have you seen him around? Yeah, I think I have. Shh. Humper's leaving. All right. How about it? You seen Stutz? Yeah, only this afternoon at the hotel. He was talking to Frankie Gennaro. Well, that's the first time either of us has seen him since we've been here. I heard him talking to Gennaro. He said he'd been up to Big D. In Dallas? What was he up there for? Well, that wasn't mentioned. They didn't talk much. All I know is that Stutz just got back. He'd been gone two weeks. Ah, uh, come on. We can get out of here now. Gone two weeks, huh? In other words, since Powell got killed. Yeah, what do you make out of that, Jason? Maybe he doesn't know just something about Powell's murder. I got a hunch he was in on it. Powell clipped one of his attackers with that pipe wrench, remember? Must have left a mark. And if Stutz had that mark, he wouldn't hang around and give people a chance to notice it. Is that it? Two weeks would just to be about long enough for a scar to heal over. We gotta get a sample of Stutz's hair to match with the hair samples Lab got off that wrench. Well, how do we get that? We get our hands on a comb or brush. Anything he's used on his head. First, we've got to find him. Well, he may have headed back to the hotel. That's a favorite hangout. Yeah, we'll try it. But on the way into town, I want to call the captain. Yeah. yeah. Come on, Chapo. Come on, boy. What are you going to call the captain for? Find out who owns the trucks hauling the oil and what refinery they're going to. See if we can hook the ownership up with any of the people we've been watching here. Why? Well, because records have been falsified to cover that hot oil. We find out who's changing them, and we'll know who Stutz is working for and who killed Powell. Chase hot oil won't prove murder. No, but once we link Stutz as an accomplice in the murder, I got a feeling he'll squeal like a pig caught under a gate. I made my call to Captain Stinson. He arranged to have the trucks followed and the ownership checked. Then Clark and I headed for the hotel where business was going on as usual. There he is, Jace, at the counter. They're using it as a bar. Uh-huh. Herb Enfield and Frankie Janelle. There's a trio the warden Huntsville would love to have. Well, maybe you'll get him later on. Well, what do we do? Just wait around until Stutz combs his hair? No. Look, on the stool beside him. What? Oh, his hat. Is it his? That's the one he was wearing when I saw him this afternoon. Good. There'll be enough hair strands in it or little clippings in the band to tell us what we want to know. Jace, how do we get it? Uh, I'll call for a drink and crowd him. You just grab it and fade. You want me to take it back to the barn? No. Well, there's a small airfield near the next town. Get it over there and call the Austin lab and have it picked up. They can report to Captain Stinson. When I call him in the morning, he should have enough for us to start dropping the net. Tracy is the man Powell hit with that wrench, all right. Good. You get a line on the trucking company and the refinery? Yes, you like it. The trucking company is owned under an alias by Herb Enfield and his wife. Good. And the refinery is owned by a woman. We checked on her, Jace. She's Frankie Gennaro's girlfriend. Well, that does it. When are you coming in? Well, the whole company's standing by right now, ready to roll. Well, then come ahead and throw up roadblocks on the way. An awful lot of people are going to want to leave here in a hurry. We're ready to comb the town, Jace. 
Got a section for Clark and me? Take your choice. You know who I want. Good. Go ahead. The rest of the men have their assignments. Names you supplied. Listen, you people. All of you. Now, most of you are decent folks. Go home and stay home. The streets may not be safe for the next couple of hours. But by tonight, you'll have your town back. We use the hotel for a jail. All right, let's go. You men in there, you're surrounded. Come out with your hands up. All right, come on. Get moving. Anybody else want to try that? All right, Stutz, on your feet. Uh, what do you cow folks want? We're not cow folks. We're Texas Rangers. Rangers? But Get up. Get up. You're coming over to the hotel lobby. We'll tell you all about it. That's quite a haul, Jase. Yeah, but I can't locate Herb Enfield and Frankie Gennaro. Clark's holding Stutz Tracy in that side room, though. He might know where the others are. You got the photos of the hair samples lab matched? Yeah, here. Good. I'll show these to Stutz. They should convince him. He say anything yet, Clark? Jase, not a buzz. And I'm not going to say anything either. Stutz. I got something to show you. Ever seen anything like this before? Take huh? a look at this photograph. What is it? Just a couple of hairs. One on the left came from your hat. We borrowed it last night. Uh, what's the idea? And the hair on the right is just like it. Exactly like it. That came from a bloody wrench we found beside the body of Joe Powell. Powell hit you with that wrench, Stutz, and then you killed him. I, I was never even near him. That hair and the scar on your head proves you were. Yeah, but... But I didn't kill him. You were there. You know who did. I was knocked out. I didn't see who... Come on, Stutz. Who was with you? Uh, uh, ben Field and... Fra and Frankie Gennaro. Yeah. Oh, he'll kill me. He's gonna kill me. Gennaro's the boss, then. Yeah. He's got a hideout someplace. Where is it? No, he'll kill me. I, I... said, where is it? You... You gotta protect me. Uh. There's... There's a cabin... Up past the Red Cedars, other side of the oil field. That's where he's been living. You'll have a clear view of the road up there, Jason. We won't use the road. Oh. We'll ride up from behind. Is Enfield there, too? Yeah. Yeah, they're always together. Jace, they might not even know we moved in on the town. They'll know soon. Yeah, there's a cabin, Jace. Pretty fancy. It ought to be. They've milked plenty out of this town. Yeah. Cow's running dry for them now, though. Hey, somebody around the side of the cabin there in a hammock. That's Gennaro. In a nice silk robe. He's in for a change of wardrobe he isn't gonna like. He's getting up, Chase. He sees us. You're looking for something? Yeah. You're wanted in town. That's Tracy send you for me? Huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he did. 
Enfield, too. Anything wrong in town? I don't think so. You see anything wrong, Clark? No. No, I thought everything was fine. Hey, Herb! Yeah, Frankie? That's wants us in town. Sent these fellows out to tell us. Oh? Uh, I've seen you two around before, haven't I? Hey, what's that on your shirt, cowpoke? Oh, that's just a Texas Ranger badge. Come on, both of you. You're going into town. You shady! You, uh, fellas mind telling me what you think you've got on me? Well, let's start with the killing of Joe Powell. <laughs> I can prove I was someplace else when Powell was killed. Urban Stutz and I were playing cards with three other men all night long. Not this time, Janelle. What do you mean? We've already proven where Stutz was, and he's made a full confession. There'll be no alibis this time. Don't move, Gennaro. Look out for Enfield! Oh, we don't want to fight. Shouldn't fool around with a gun, Herb. A knife in the back is your specialty. Oh, my God. Well, I'm glad to see you know that I didn't kill Powell. Sure, Gennaro. You're the boy with the brains. You don't do the work. You order it. That's something you can't prove. No? You don't think Herb is going to take all the blame, do you? You're not going to set me up, Janelle. Shut up! I want a lawyer. I can understand that. I never saw a fellow who needed one more. All right. Get moving. Take it easy. Frankie Gennaro and Herb Enfield were sentenced to life terms at Huntsville. Stutz Tracy was given 50 years, and lesser offenders in the Kilman cleanup were given sentences of from one to five years. Those who were released without being charged left the town of Kilman quickly and quietly. The cleanup was complete. And now, here again is the star of our show, Joel McRae. Folks, here's a special announcement I think you'll be interested in. You'll next hear Tales of the Texas Rangers beginning Sunday, one week from tomorrow. Yes, we're moving to a brand new time on Sundays, beginning Sunday, October 8th. I hope you'll make it a point to hear us at our new time, beginning in just eight days. Good night, folks. See you next Sunday. A week from Sunday, Joel McRae in another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of the Texas Rangers. <laughs>